Welcome in. It's the BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. Hi, Dave. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. How about yourself? Can't complain. Three hours of radio in the books. Always fun uh, doing opening day on the radio for three hours opposite the Reds game. Uh, because you know nobody's listening. Well, today they might have turned over to you. Who knows? They might have. I mean, it got ugly quick. So yeah. good, thing the draft, up, got, good thing the draft is in a month. You give up uh, – I mean – relax Dave but <laughs> you, you give up uh you give up six runs in the first and another in the second and uh yeah not not great <laughs> um we uh we, we have a decent amount of stuff to get to today right I think so we, we always <laughs> seem to whether we think we do or not we were going to have as a guest this week our old friend Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus but uh, he had another uh, commitment come up, so he is going to join us next week, and we'll talk uh, the UC players in the draft for this week or for this year, and uh, hopefully get some talk about guys that will be entering the draft next year for the Bearcats, uh, what the future looks like for UC. So that uh, that'll be good next week with our our good buddy. And former BCJ staffer Austin Gale, who's who's kind of made it big time for himself, Dave. Like Austin is everywhere now. Yeah, he is. Uh, I enjoy his uh, podcast that he has. I listen to that pretty frequently when I'm driving around. Two for I think it's called Two for One Drafts, but uh, he's yeah. got some some pretty funny stories. I, I wanted to ask him about uh, one story that he told about about his mom coming to visit. So I'll have to remember to, to ask that next week. Made All right. Me, made me laugh pretty hard while I was driving. Let's get into uh, the basketball stuff first. We're going we're gonna to talk spring football. We're going to talk pro day. Uh, I've got a little bit of recruiting information that I will drop here for football towards the end of the show. Uh, always got to make sure, you know, you listen all the way to the end. Although if I, probably shouldn't have told you now because most of you are just going to fast forward to the end now and, <laughs> and try to get the recruiting information, but uh, no, they want to hear, hear what we have to say. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, let, let's, let's do some basketball first. Still up in the air. Things are still twisting in the wind as, uh, as the independent investigation into allegations against John Brandon continues uh, we are nearing week three since the season ended. Uh, th- there are still some that I talked to that believe we are not close to a resolution. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's beyond me, Dave. It's so hard to figure out like how I, I get it. Lawyers are lawyering, but this is putting the basketball program in an incredibly difficult spot as things stand. Yeah. I mean, I don't, like there's only one way at this point that one outcome. So like, what are, what are we doing? And, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I, I think I'm probably much in the minority on this, but like I was talking to someone today about it and, 
I was just kind of like, I've kind of just lost interest. Like, I'm just kind of like, whatever. You know, it's going to get resolved. He's not going to be back. Like, I just can't see any way that he comes back. So just, you know, wake me up when there's a new coach. I mean, I know that's, you know, maybe a little too cut and dry, but I just, and I'm sure, but I'm sure there are fans that are just like, I'm over this nonsense, man. Like, this is just like, like I said, like, I'm just kind of like not really interested anymore, or at least right now. Because, yeah, I mean, because we're just like you're just sapping the life out of of the program at the, at a time when you could actually end up getting a pretty darn good coach just from the sheer fact that there aren't any other options out there, you know, on your level. There's a couple way up here, but you're not competing with anybody. Right. But the longer you do this, coaches move around or there's a surprise firing you know things start happening and then all of a sudden the market that you thought was was good for you isn't anymore and like you know we see these articles or tweets about this transfer and that transfer i'm like are they really gonna just all of a sudden tomorrow or saturday or monday if nothing's been announced like they're just gonna pick uc like i just i can't believe that i mean it would be it would be so far-fetched to think that that could happen. Maybe it does. I don't know. But, like, so I'm kind of just like, oh, that's great. This kid said UC's in his six. Like, do we really think he's going to pick them? With what's going on? Or this kid said UC's in his final two. Like, do we really think he's going to pick them? So I'm kind of just to the point now where I'm like, whatever. Just let me know when there's something for us to actually talk about tangibly. Yeah, I mean, and and here's the hard part. Like, I know everybody, like, wants information every day. And trust me, I'm trying. (laughs) But in this situation, this uh, this is, I was thinking about this on the drive home from from Kenwood doing radio today. Um, There's a lot of, like, generally the way that we do things. And I know that angers some people, but we try to have some journalistic integrity and and how we do things and you want multiple points of of verification on on the info you're hearing right well you have basically like there, there's like four data four four points of, of of data right now one the coach's perspective up here two the player's perspective both current players and players that are in the portal three the athletic department who right now is is really not saying anything as we know and for let's call them outside sources and the problem is you you hear a little bit from the from one two and four right you're not really hearing anything from three nothing from one two and four can be corroborated with each other right Th- those are all kind of on different sides of things yeah I mean, it's nothing that you hear you can really run with because it's just hearsay it's just i think or it sounds like like that's not that's nothing to give an update on when we're at when we're dealing with this it's not like i think so and so is getting an interview we're dealing very cut and dry john brand is either going to be the coach next year or he's not 
So fishing in that middle ground doesn't really do you, us, the fans any good because it doesn't really matter. Like, like, like a perfect example. Earlier this week, I had heard uh, they, they were working towards placing John Brandon on administrative leave. UC's not going to confirm this, obviously. And so I, I don't think it happened. As I dug around, it sounds like it didn't happen because there's something in John's contract that, that prevents this. from, from And I, we're still trying to comb through and figure out exactly like where this is. Or I, like, I think we're starting to get an idea on things. And as things develop, if it, if it is a four-cause situation, I think some of this will make a little bit more sense. But I, I'm not at a point where I'm really ready to like get into that. But I think there was something in his contract that prevented him from being placed on administrative leave. And, but I can't, like, I, it's not like I can call John's lawyer and be like, what's this about? And, and obviously the university lawyers aren't going to speak to me. <laughs> and, and the two parties aren't going to speak because everything right now is being worked through their lawyers. So then you're dealing with that fourth part, the outside sources part but you can't confirm anything through the two places that you need to confirm it. And it makes doing this a, a pain in the ass, <laughs> quite yeah, frankly. Because your source, your outside sources are getting it, whatever they're telling you, they're getting it from one side. So you would need to then go to the other side to say, hey, this is what I'm hearing. Is this true? Is this not true? Do you have a comment? Well, you're not going to get, are gonna you're not gonna right. get that. So you can't just say, you know, I heard this from the, you know, you wouldn't say who you heard it from, but you wouldn't say I, you know, this from the athletic department because you wouldn't be able to get John to confirm it or vice versa. So there's really nothing we can say. It, it makes things very difficult right now. The lawyer's lawyering part is, uh, is new. We, we haven't really been in this territory before and it sucks. And we have no idea when there's an end in sight. It could be tomorrow. It could be two weeks from now. Like it's it's maddening. Oh, I know. And if they don't, ahead. I mean, I don't want to be you know hyperbolic or whatever, but like if you don't have this figured out by the by two by you know Tuesday after the national championship. Like then you're you're just opening yourself up to making it harder on yourself than it has to be because there's going to yep. be some stuff that happens somewhere in the country in the next you know five days. Yep. That will determine some way, shape, or form how good or bad UC comes out of this. Uh, cu coffee with Cunningham this morning. I guess they didn't really address it. Basically, Cunningham said, uh, I understand the criticism. Like, I get it, but I, I can't say anything. And honestly, like, what was he going to say? Right. He's going to say, like, oh, I, yeah, actually, guys, I just fired him like five minutes ago. You're the first one to find <laughs> out. Anybody got some creamer from my coffee? Like, it was, it's not like he could say anything there that, that hasn't already been said. I mean, if we're, if we're to this point and – we're pretty sure that they that those two haven't even really sat down and, and talked. Like, what is he going to say in a forum like that? Right. He's not going to make a comment until 
a resolution has been reached. Right. And that clearly has not happened. <laughs> clearly. So, so. yeah, <laughs> the, the saga continues. I mean, am I off, though, on, like, no, the whole, like, the transfers things? Like, why are we even talking about these kids? They're not going to. Like, I don't know when they're deciding. Like Until there's a resolution, they're not committing to Cincinnati. Right. They so, might I mean, commit to somewhere else. Oh, yeah. But with, with your coach under investigation, why would, why would they commit to Cincinnati? Like, on the kid. Why would you do that and close other doors when there's uncertainty surrounding this program right Have now. any of these kids said when they were going to commit or were they just putting out like these these they're just putting out putting out lists right now okay and i i haven't like i said earlier like <laughs> i haven't really followed it too much because i'm like well i don't think they're not going to commit while this is going on so i'm not really using a lot of my time on it yeah i think that's an accurate accurate representation of things <laughs> uh, why would they no. I mean, I, I it's uh, it's really it's really <laughs> you want to you want to run your head into a wall. I mean, I, I know people probably you know people have reached out to me, and know people have reached out to you asking like candidates and whatnot. I don't know if that's necessarily fair because he still he's still a, the coach, still the coach. So I don't you know I don't wanted you know that's that's message board fodder and you know you're gonna get that no matter what um yes but but you know i don't know if that's fair for you and i to to talk on the subject right now i mean i've floated like obviously i i have to have a list ready oh we've like you I, and i've talked about it yeah funny, and I've, but... I've mentioned on the message board a couple names that hey i just think if something happens, this name's interesting. If something happens, that name's interesting. But like, in terms of like, who are they going? Like, who are they going to look at? Like right now, they have a coach. Right. That's how it has to to be treated. So, I mean, I I don't have a whole lot more to say on the basketball front. Like, I there's not really what else is there to say. Yeah. It's it's ongoing and. When there is a decision, I'm sure Dave and I and, and maybe Berg will uh, will hop on a, a Zoom call and we'll hash it out. Uh, Emer emergency it. pod. Yeah, when we have something <laughs> along those lines. But right now, we do not. So we move on. Uh, you want to do spring football or pro day first? Uh, let's talk spring football. Okay. Let's talk spring football. You have had a chance to see a practice. Um, what? What is? What, give us some of your spring football takes. I've been writing mine and then talked about some of mine on uh, the BBP on on Monday, Tuesday, whenever we did that. So uh, I'm interested in in some of your thoughts on what you saw. Let's see. I don't want to just kind of. I want to try to think of things that you maybe haven't necessarily talked on. I mean, just in general, the defense, man. I, I don't want to overreact <laughs> to one like spring football practice, but, but man, <laughs> they're just like 
I don't know. Like if if the line, if the defensive line doesn't get to the quarterback, the receivers aren't open. So it's like, or if the you know defensive line does get there, then they can't even see if the receivers. It's just really damn good. Or if the O line, if the O line holds up, there's nobody open, and the defensive line gets there anyway. Right. I mean, there's just so many guys and. You know, again, one pro- I've seen one practice, you've seen whatever it is, four or five. There's just five. it doesn't seem like there's any miss from the coaching transition from last year to this year, from players being added, players leaving, like you know, it's just it's scary. Like I don't know how you do any I don't know how you do anything actually downfield against this team yeah anything over 12 15 yards i I just don't know how you're going to pull that off at least the teams that they play by far the most talented defense in school history i I mean i think it can be i i don't know if i'm going to say that right now we have to see like who actually plays you could you know unfortunately you could have a bunch of injuries whatnot but I mean, right now, it's it's them or last year. I had somebody yesterday say to me, "Look, I know, and I won't, you know, I won't out who. I know Wig and and Defoe, James Wiggins and Derek Forrest were all time greats, and maybe the best safety. I don't even know if maybe anymore, the best safety duo in school history." But I think Cook and Hicks can be just as good, if not better. I don't know if I'm going to go that far because those guys did a bunch of stuff instinctually, you know, that we don't see getting guys lined up in the right spot where maybe they didn't make the play, but because they told a guy to shade this way or look at this receiver the way he, you know, stuff that we just don't know because we're not on the field we're not in meetings we're not watching film stuff that we've we've talked to james after games and he's like yeah i i made this like wiggins will say after a game i made this adjustment i did this pre-snap the interception walk off against smu yeah i mean he totally changed the way that he knew what you know basically knew what was going to happen so i'm not i can't say that i can't agree with that at this point i don't think there's going to be some like massive drop off but I don't think it's fair to just like automatically be like, yeah, these two guys that are probably going to get drafted. These other two guys are better than them. Like I'm not in a position to say that right now. Fair. Um, what else? Um, my J's unblockable. Dude. Stupid. We took <laughs> what last Saturday we said, does he get more sacks or draw more holding penalties? I'll was, say sacks. That was one of our running jokes. And me you and Justin had a, we were betting on how many sacks he would hit. I went kind of low because I feel like every team is going to double and triple team him or, yeah. or double team him and chip him. Like just, I mean, he's a first round, second round draft pick. Like, he very, very easily – like, you watch him and you watch these edge guys 
that are in this year's draft that will be drafted in a month. And, you know, with another year, and, you know, depend, obviously there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. He is a first, second round draft pick. He's, he's he has starting. Every measurable. He has every, he will do well in the testing. He has, he has everything that you look for in, you know, an edge player. Relentless just, motor plays, you know, has working with scrubs, I think has been the best thing you possibly could have done for the kid. Oh, sure. Cause now he actually has like a variety of moves. Like he, he goes into his bag. He's got different ways to beat you. His body is maturing. I, I think he looks to me, he looks three years older than he did in January. Like he put the weight back on that, that he had dropped through COVID. Um, he, he did it again yesterday on that, the spin movie he's been putting on O'Quinn. He, he obviously favors doing it like inside to his right shoulder. But when he does it, it takes your breath away every time because it's so fast. And, and you think he's going upfield and you have to respect the speed rush. And then all of a sudden he's at the quarterback because he spun right past you like the Tasmanian devil. Like yeah. he's, <laughs> and then sauce. I was talking to a couple people at, at pro day and it's, it's like that, that kid, you just can't complete a pass. No. He like, there was a play going over the middle. And I think it was Jordan Jones. And it was another one of those. We see this from sauce all the time. It looks like he's got like, like two or three steps on sauce. He baits dudes now. And he's, out of, you know, straight the ball, up baiting guys, the balls on the way. And from the backside, go, go gadget arms. And he just, it was so nonchalant. It was like disrespectful. Right, how like he swatted I, the I ball could, away. I could actually intercept this, but I don't right. feel like it. So I'm just going to like, I'm just going to lean in and knock it down. Like it's no big deal. It was disrespectful what he did. Like you threw this to the guy I was covering. Yeah. Get out of here. Smack. Yeah. I mean, I just don't, you know, it's kind of the same thing we kept saying last year was like, they'd, you know, whack SMU and then, oh, we have another high powered offense. Like they can't like hold them to whatever 17 again. No, no, they hold them to like 10. And then it's Memphis. And then like, this year, I'm not even going to mess around with it. Like, I think I'm just calling shutouts every game. <laughs> and if the other team happens to get 17, oh, well. I mean, I'll, I'll probably go between 7 to 10 points. Like, just they're, somebody's going to put a drive together. Yeah, it's very game. similar to what we said last year. Is like, if the offense, you know, does what we are expecting, and as last year they got rolling, we looked at it as, Tell me this team is going to put four touchdown drives together. Or, you know, because that's how many they're going to need if they aren't gifted stuff, you know. And teams aren't doing that. Teams aren't going 65, 75 yards four times against this defense. So, yeah. It's just, it's awesome. I love it. Uh, what else? The threes, man. Like, 
I told you. Jack Perry, Dave, Jack Perry can sling it. Dave hates the threes. I don't hate the threes. I need a break. You know what I mean? I'm not charting like actual charting like a hundred and something plays. So when the threes are out there, I don't really pay attention. Dave hates the threes. But now we got like four stars on the threes. Yeah. And they make plays every here and every now and then. Like Marquise Bell's like a three all American right now in the one practice I saw. But like there's actual plays to be made. Like it's not. You know, it's not even what it was a couple of years ago where, you know, we were still like, you know, taking breaks. Like it's a, it's enter- actually, enter- I'm not going to write down what everything that happens, but it's at least entertaining to see. Cause these guys, like we said, they're not threes because they're no good. They're threes because they have nowhere to go right now. Right. They're not threes because they stink. They're threes because the twos are a little bit better. And usually they're threes because they're the back end of the roster. Right. I mean, you got a hundred some guys on the team for a reason. They can't all be starters. So. But no, it's, um, you know, the one, the practice that I was at, the offense did a few things. It wasn't, I would, you know, definitely give, the vast majority of the of the good plays to the defense, so which is exactly what we would expect when you're breaking in new tackles and you're returning uh, <laughs> so many guys on the defense. Yeah, I would hope that they would be kind of dominant at this point, uh, but I'm sure that'll kind of you know even itself out the longer and longer we get into spring. Uh, for me, the biggest revelation, we're halfway through the spring. Like they're at seven practices. They have eight to go. Uh, we know now that the 17th is the spring scrimmage. So we're, we're like at the halfway point. We've got a week off. Um, the biggest revelation for me overall has been Tyler Scott. I, I think that kid's ready to break out. I think he's ready to be really, really, really good. Now, what stinks about the spring is we're not going to get to see in live action Alec Pierce, which I understand. Like, he had a shoulder cleaned out. He's fine. But do you really want him to go out there and, and get rattled going against Sauce every day while he's trying to, to get back, you know, fully to 100%? No point whatsoever. Yeah, no point. Um, it's going to give Jordan Jones a lot more reps. It's, it's created opportunity for Blue Smith to start, you know, seeing if he can find a place uh, on this roster as a, a bigger outside guy. But for me, man, Tyler Scott has been fantastic. He didn't do a ton while you were there Saturday, did he? No. Uh. But I think he had at le- he had at least one catch where he turned it upfield, and that kid can fly. Oh, yeah. Like, he's Trey Tucker for every bit as fast as Trey Tucker. So I think they're having fun with a little bit more versatility. They, they use Trey Tucker a little bit on the outside. I, I wouldn't recommend that all the time just because there's going to be a size disadvantage. But um, I love the way that they're starting to find some versatility. I wish you could have been there yesterday. They were doing two-minute. And Des and Wiley 
just work the first team defense down the field in the two minute drill. Four straight completions, like 40 plus yards and into the end zone pretty easily. That was fun to watch. Yeah. It just makes me laugh because there's another one. I mean, we're talking like three guys in the first two rounds next year. And and the quarterback who could easily play his way into that as well. And quarterbacks are the hardest to figure out. I mean, if you'd have gone last year and been like, oh, yeah, Zach Wilson's going to be the number two pick in the draft, right. 95% of people would say, who the hell is Zach Wilson? Right. The other five would be BYU fans who would then say you're nuts. <laughs> right. So who knows? But, yeah, I mean. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's why I just – that's the thing I – when we talked about, you know, the kind of the five things I was looking forward to most was seeing stuff like – excuse me, like you said, Trey Tucker on the outside. Why – like, how are they deploying Wiley? Are they using him any differently? Like – because there's just there's so many variations that they could at least play with for spring practice. Any six. Your your mics your mics like making some noise. Is it scraping your beer or something? I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. Try to stay still. Okay. You don't have to stay still. Just keep your mic away from whatever it is scraping against. How about that? All right. Okay. Perfect. Is that better. Perfect. Yeah, I think it might have been hitting your collar or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun, like watching the early stages of this team because I, two thousand nine and twenty twenty are the standard bearers, and I think this team is farther ahead than either of those teams, at least as we're at spring football. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, based on who returned. And all that, and, uh, I mean, not having major – I mean, obviously Marcus leaving is a major coaching move, but, you know, it wasn't like upheaval or anything. Um, I don't know how you could say that these guys wouldn't be ahead. Yeah, I mean, just from watching, like – well, that – I mean, there's usually so many, like, after – at the end of a season, there's so many different questions to answer. And really the only main question we have is tackle. Like what, what exactly is the plan of tackle? I think we, you know, we've seen right now, John Williams at left tackle, Dylan O'Quinn at right tackle um, has been pretty much the ones like that. That's been the way that they've gone. And then with the second team, you get James Tunstall and you get, uh, Cam. Cam. Cam Jones at, at right tackle. Um, but everything else has been pretty much as expected with – there's been a little bit of a rotation with um, Dylan O'Quinn and Jeremy Cooper at left guard. But you've got Renfro at center. You've got Vinny at, at right guard. Um, they've settled in when, when John Williams doesn't have class – they've settled into already kind of a, a solid five uh, through spring practice. So I think that's kind of a good thing that, that they're getting an eye on for going into the summer, like what their five is up front. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Prater had a good day yesterday. Uh, I think he's coming along. I, I talked to Gino a little bit uh, at Pro Day. Said they've worked on his his delivery some, and now it's just getting it to muscle memory and and getting it to be the way that you know he delivers the ball consistently every time. Uh, he had a little bit of a loop in his delivery that they're they're trying to eliminate, and you want to make sure you know when the bullets start flying that that loop doesn't all of a sudden you know. Uh, come back up. So I, I think they're working on that with him. There, there's been a couple times over the past, probably three or four practices, where he really delivers the ball well, uh, and he's got he's got a great arm. It's just consistency, and that's that's been the focus with him. That's what they're working on, and you can see it coming to fruition on the practice field. And uh, you are right, two or, one or two times of practice, Jack Perry just throws an absolute laser which is exactly what you want from your walk on QB right yeah at, at least look like looked apart every once in a while make the defense have to try yeah he threw one to Chris Scott yesterday in practice 25 yard touchdown that was it's like whoa all right supposed to be an option you know it's supposed to be an option route the option said it should have gone post corner, but Perry thought he had a window to throw it over the middle. And he just zipped it to Chris Scott for a touchdown. It's like, Whoa, okay. All right, young man. <laughs> and and now Chris Scott, third team wide receiver. What was, what was he ranked? He was like an 88, wasn't he? 86, 87, something like that. Yeah. I mean, top third team. <clears throat> top whatever in Ohio, top 20, top 25 player. Yeah, third team. Not because he's bad, because there's a lot of guys in front of him. Got anything else on uh, on spring ball? Anything else no. you want to touch on? No, no, I think I'm good with spring ball. Okay. Pro day. What do you got on pro day? Start with the good. Derek Forrest, James Wiggins. It's Forrest, I think, is the most surprising from a testing standpoint. For sure. This is the thing you always get. And for people that maybe don't follow the draft or because they're huge UC fans haven't, you know, we don't have a ton of guys every year. So maybe you don't dig into it as much as the dorks like me. But there's always this thing where you watch a guy's tape and you think one thing and then they do something in testing, whether it's really, really good or really, really bad. And we're going to get to both of those that makes you go, huh? Like, what did I miss in the tape or did I not miss anything? And this guy plays faster, plays slower than his testing. And I think that is exactly what's going to be happening now with Derek Forrest, because the numbers that he put up from are elite. A speed and agility standpoint are elite. And I watching the tape, I don't see that. So, and I'm not saying that he's bad, but you do not see fourth, you know, let, let me make sure I get this right because it was that damn good. I don't want to slight him at all. You do not see four three four speed on the tape. 
You don't, he didn't do the shovel or the three cone. So we don't know the short area quickness explosions, but his explosion stuff was great. 39 inch vertical, 11 foot broad jump. I mean, these are numbers that are, would be at the very top end of the safety class. So teams now are going to go, okay, what, what did we miss something? They're going to watch the tape and they're going to either say we missed something or they're going to go, well, he just doesn't play like that. Like he had a really good day and he ran real fast, but that's not what we see on the tape. And I tend to believe that it's closer to that. Unfortunately. I mean, I think this is certainly going to help him. There's no question about it, but I, you know, and you can tell me I'm totally wrong, but like, I don't see that type of speed when I've watched him play in a game do you do you think some of that is because you just get wowed by Wiggins so much yes and I, no. I, I, mean, I think there, there, I there's think been it, times where guys have gotten behind him and the pass has either been bad or the def, the defensive line makes a play or you know so and that that's going to happen to everybody I'm just saying like when I when I've watched him play, I don't – I mean, 4-3-4 four, four is fucking flying. Sorry, Dan. Like, like that – I think it's 4-3-8, like, but 4-3-4, four, 4-3. Three, this, four, four, three. this official thing I'm looking at right now has 4-3-4. Four, four. Or no, this yeah. is unofficial, but still. Okay, so say it's 5-100 off or 5-10 off, so it's 4-3-9. Still flying. It's flying. Like, I thought he'd do good to be, like, low 4-5s. Like maybe get into the four fours to be in the four threes. Un, unreal. And that's why and an I'm 11 saying, foot, like, 11 foot broad is what? unreal. Same thing as Jamar, exact same as Jamar Chase. And a 39 inch vertical. Yeah. Two inches shorter vertical than Jamar Chase. Yeah. And Jamar Chase is seen as top five. A, I mean, they're, a, they're almost a monster. The same, I mean, they're almost the same size. Jamar Chase is barely over six feet. Uh, Forrest is, you know, 5'11 and a half, basically. Jamar yeah. Chase is 205. Forrest was 199. Like, Chase benched 23 times. Forrest benched 21. They're, they're almost, like, physiologically the same guy. And he is right there. Now, this is the funny part. We always talk about, well, how did the guys end up at UC? He got very bad in height and weight. So you get elite speed, elite testing, but he's probably one to two inches too short and five to 10 pounds too light to be where he would have gotten recruited to somebody else and wouldn't have been able to come to UC. Right. He was rated, what, an 81? I think 79. Actually, he might have been a 79. He was down. I mean, he was down there in that first class. I mean, it's the same thing with Wig. Like, you look at Wig, Wig's numbers were even, ended up being even better. Like his weight was really good. His height, again, barely 5'11. So he's getting dinged big time for that. He didn't 79, do... 79, 98. Yeah. 81st player in Ohio. He didn't do the three cone or the shuttle either. But I mean, 38 inch vertical, 10 7 broad, 4 4 1 on official 40 at 209, like bench. I mean, they're both these. Are, I mean, I knew Wiggins was getting drafted. I don't. I was not sure Forrest would or not, and I don't know how he doesn't now. You still think day three, or could he sneak into day two now with no, those numbers? I don't think you can 
safety is just like it's undervalued yeah what's well, undervalued and a t- it's very team specific like how are you are you a, t- a cover two team are you a single high team are you an old school free safety strong safety team like like the Bengals for instance Jesse Bates Von Bell just using them because most people who listen to this and are familiar in some level with the Bengals like those two guys are a Derek Forrest, James Wiggins type of comparison, but other teams, you know, not, not like that. So it's really team specific. It's devalued unless you get it really, I mean, I'm thinking both of them are probably fourth, fourth, fifth round guys. Um, I mean, I, I do, I do the, the PFF mock drafts. And I don't think they have, and that's why I was going to want to ask Austin how this is going to affect, because I don't think they have Forrest in their top 300. So he's not even draftable in their like mock draft simulations. But Wiggins usually is going somewhere in the like 150 to 175 range on the ones that I'm running. But that was, again, I don't think it's been updated. You know, they update it pretty regularly, but I don't think it's been updated at all with with their testing numbers and if they've redone their top 300 or anything. But, yeah, I mean, that was that was definitely the m- most surprising thing to me on the good side. And then I guess if you want to go to the bad side, James Hudson had a really, really bad day. Like, And that surprised me as much as Forrest's good day because I don't see this stuff on tape either. Like he get he's not big, six, not even six five, and he put on weight to get to three thirteen. His agility drills were real bad, which is not good if you're going to have to kick him inside the guard because he's going to have to get to the second level guard, and that doesn't bode well. Like just they're just bad numbers across the board. There's no other way to sugarcoat it. Like, you know, not strong, only benched 22 times. So I mean he's benching the exact same number of times as basically as Forrest Wiggins and a and a LSU wide receiver. Not not ideal. You know, vertical wasn't great. Broad was real, broad jump was real bad. I mean, just think of it this way, like. They're jumping three feet further. Now, obviously, they're more explosive and they're carrying, you know, 100 plus less pounds, but like three feet, that's... And these are numbers compared to other players at his position, other players of his size. So, you know, on a zero to 10 scale, Hudson's coming at 4.42, which is not awesome. So just like we talked about with Forrest putting the tape back on, you're gonna, they're going to be doing the same thing with him. And it's going to be a, a conundrum because it's like, okay, he's only played one year. We like some stuff we've seen on tape. We like some stuff we saw at the senior bowl. But with these numbers, like how much better can he get? Because these numbers don't typically change. Like you don't just all of a sudden get more explosive to the level of going from bad to good. I mean, you can get a little better, but his arms aren't getting any longer. He's not getting any taller. He can get stronger, you know, but his, that's the thing. is like he benched 22 times, but I've never once thought that his play strength wasn't good. Like I never felt like guys could get into his chest and push him around. 
and he's got short arms. Like his short, his arms are under, barely under the threshold that most teams have for tackle versus guard. But I don't remember right. any times where he had trouble with guys on the edge because his arms were too short and they got inside on him and he couldn't extend. So it's, I mean, these are all, I mean, if you go, if you put the first half of Georgia on tape, he held that dude in check. Yeah. He held, he's held everybody in check. Not that like he went up against a bunch of elite draftable pass rushers, but like he went up against a first rounder and against Georgia though. Right. And Zavin, I'm sure he went up against Zavin Collins at, at some point in the yeah. You know. So Zavin Collins, who had one tackle against the Bearcats, he might have had two. Okay, one one unassisted. I think it was tackle. a solo, one solo and one yeah. assisted. Yeah, but you know, this is the same thing. It's like you know, he had, he's in a lot of guys' top ten offensive tackle rankings. He was number eight in Mel Kuyper's yesterday, I think. But yeah. these numbers don't say offensive tackle. They say guard. So is that going to hurt him or teams going to push him down now because he maybe is a guard for them when they thought, based on tape and the senior bowl, that he was a tackle? I mean, it's – the one year is going to hurt him. Yeah. You know, you're not going to – you have to have – if you're going to be a one-year guy, like a one-year starter, you need elite testing to go with elite tape to go in the top three rounds. Like a team is not going, at least I don't think I wouldn't, I would not use a premium pick on a guy who has one year of tape at a position that he's never really played and then puts up testing numbers like this. Yeah. Uh, the other, I guess, would be Dokes. Yeah, I don't that think was... that. I don't, yeah, I mean, he did. I think he did well for himself. I don't think he's draftable just because of the running back position. Yeah, but, but he, he equated his himself testing, quite yeah, his well. testing to put him in position. He's gonna get a shot. I think he'll get a shot. Oh, for sure, because he's he has a lot of tape. He put up good numbers. He ran pretty well for being a, a bigger back. Um, like, I mean, his overall composite size grade was great and his speed grade was good. His agility grade was okay because the three cone wasn't very good, but Mike, you're not, you're not, you're not expecting a 228 pound back to have a great three cone. Yeah. Like if they did, they'd, they'd be way better than they were just in general. Right. Um, but I think he's definitely in somebody's camp. I mean, there's – with the way running backs are, I mean, he's a, he's a team's dream. Like, I don't have to draft this guy. I'm sure he'll have five to ten teams trying to sign him. Or he maybe he gets drafted at the end because the team's like, I don't want to have to fight ten other teams to sign him. We don't need him right now. I, I think he I think he has one huge advantage. But we want to have you, control over him. You know, we want yeah. him on our roster. We don't want to have to battle a bunch of teams that can say, hey, we only have two running backs. Like you can be our third back. I think he has one huge advantage that most backs don't have. Well, he catches the ball really well. And he's outstanding in pass pro. Right. I mean, he's good in pass. He's, the passing game is where he almost I mean, 
he excels. I mean, he's a great yeah. receiving back and he's really good at pass protection. So again, like someone might draft him because they're like, we don't have a ton of money. Maybe they don't, maybe the team doesn't have a bunch of money to give to unrestricted free agents. And they know that he's a guy that could command a bunch of attention. So they're like, let's just draft him in the seventh round or the sixth round, because then we have, you know, contractual control over him and we don't have to worry about, is he going to, is some team going to come in with a sweet signing bonus because they need a, they need a body at running back. And he can also play on pretty much every special teams. Sure. I mean, that's what your back third running back, your end of the draft guys better be able to do. Right. And he has proven like that's on tape. He's this isn't a guy that like only played running back, starred at running back and didn't get a chance, like didn't get to put on the field to do anything else. Oh, for sure. I mean, him showing his 40 time being what it was, wasn't, outstanding but it was good yeah. for, for a back his size and his vertical shows you that he does have some quick twitch does have some explosion and isn't just a you know straight line just handed off to him at the goal line type of back and we know that because we've watched him a lot but right we also know that what backs in the nfl need to be able to do is way different than what they do in college. Yeah, clearly. So we think three drafted, probably. I think James will get drafted. Smith? Yeah. Usually there's what? There's It just depends on the class. I mean, there could be one. There could be – I know that – what, the Seahawks, didn't they take the guy from Texas a few years ago in like the third or fourth round? I mean – I watched most of I watched most of his uh, kicking. It's pretty pretty crazy to watch. Like how many how, how many scouts were out there for him? Most of them, most yeah. of them, yeah. And then once they once they started doing the weightlifting and vertical and stuff, they went inside after like 30, 40 minutes. But most of them were out there for the start. They kind of got what it was when it was Wednesday yesterday. Yeah. They kind of got boned having their pro day the same day as LSU in Florida. Yeah. Um, but those are gen- like generally the teams that actually care have I just scouts assigned like to a regions. Co- I just mean like from a coach's perspective. Like I know the Bengals yeah. offensive coordinator was there. Um, but like Zach was down at – Zach Taylor was down at Florida. Um, there, I, there were a handful of – actual coaches but i bet it was mainly scouts just because most coaches and it was and people were at either lsu or florida but um but i was just interested to, you know how many went out and watched watched james it was pretty pretty crowded it's gonna be the, it, real they, crowded they, next year yeah <laughs> the, the the espn crew might be in cincinnati next year i don't know if, i don't know if i go that far but I mean, you're going to have multiple first and second day guys. Yeah. Well, not like live ESPN, but like ESPN's going to, you know, they won't be getting uh, footage from a cell phone. No. Next year, I don't think. No, but Um, I think, I mean, I think Hudson, Wiggins, Forrest, I would, you know, I would 
put put good money on all them getting drafted. James can go either way just because the punter, you know, that's a right. total, very, very team-specific thing. Are you going to use a draft pick on a punter? Some teams. If just you look won't. at his numbers, like he punted it really well. Oh yeah, some teams just probably just say like we're not going to use a draft pick on a punter. Like it's not that right. you know it's not we can get a guy, not that valuable, um, unless they're just so elite. And then microphone. And then Dokes, it's not even moving. I don't know what's going on. I don't either. I'm just telling you when it goes. <laughs> and then Dokes, kind of the same deal. As James, I could see him getting drafted at the end, and I could see him being like a bunch of teams' priority free agent. Right. Uh, Jarrell numbers jump out at you at all, or about what you expected? I don't even know if I saw them. Okay. I think Jim Nagy had them. Oh, okay. But you'd probably have to go pretty far down his timeline right now to find them. Nope. I mean, I got it right here. Jarrell, let's see. He ran. He ran well. Um, it's in the four fives, wasn't he? Yeah, four five. So probably officially, it's probably somewhere in the low four sixes. Uh, nothing. Nothing jumps out. I mean, he's a small linebacker. There's just I. He's. I don't think he can play safety. He's frankly too short to even play safety. Yeah. So I just don't. I just don't. I don't think there's a spot for a guy like him. I mean, great college guy, but that happens all the time. Yeah. Um, all right. I guess we can, we can wrap that up. Did Ponder um, play it anywhere near 268 this year? Cause his, he looks weight, skinny. That weight jumped out at me when I was looking at these Raz scores today, when he looks skinny posted a bunch of the UC guys, like I was like 268. He, he, got, like, he got a very, very, he got very poor composite size grade because he's 6'1", 268. We kind of knew that, but I think he played at like 285, 290. Like the spare tire that he had. Gone. Was gone. Yeah, was not, was not existent. He had a great three cone. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know where you. He's can. probably undrafted free. Like, where do you play him? I, I don't even know. He's got. He would have to put on weight. The play tackle. I'm sure he was trying to show he can be an end. He's too small to be an end, even if he put on weight. I mean, if you're six one, six, they do it in whatever. It's six one point five. You got to be like two fifty five, Dwight Freeney style speed guy around the edge. He's not that. Right. So. And then if I mean even if you put on 20 pounds and you're 6'1, 288, like you're closer to Aaron Donald and Geno Atkins, but you don't have anywhere near the athleticism and power that those guys have. Right. So I don't know how you play D. I mean, he's listed as D tackle on this, you know, on this Raz chart, but that's probably where they see him. I mean, six one, you're not gonna play end in the NFL. Not at not at two seventy, you're not. Right. And that's light for him as, you know, for what, yes. we, what we know. So, no, I don't think he's – he might get a shot. But, I, like you said, like, where? Like, if a team's going to use a spot on him, what are they going to do with him? Right. Um, 
I think we're good on pro day, right? Yeah. I mean, I've a lot of stuff to talk about with Austin, but yeah. I mean, okay. Cause I mean, the st- same stuff we talked about tonight, he'll have like legitimate answers for whenever we can talk to him. Like, you know, are you, are you guys reevaluating Hudson? Are you reevaluating, you know, Forest, what kind of teams? I'll ask him, like, what kind of teams do you think these guys, these type of safeties fit in with? We, does Hudson move to guard now? Like, you know, can still talk about almost the same stuff. We can get some good feedback on it from him. So let's do a little recruiting. There's a couple names for me to update here on the recruiting front. Hold on. I want to jump in here real quick. Okay. I just saw this tweet. I thought it was interesting because we were just talking about the draft. Group of five teams with most NFL draft picks since since 2000. Yeah, Bearcats are third. Third. I'm surprised who's second. I was a little bit too. So Boise State is first at 38. Not not really surprising. San Diego State second at 37. They put a lot of linemen in the NFL, don't they? This is also this is also back to 2000. I mean, we're talking yeah. 21 years. Ryan so Matthews and there's guys. What now? Ryan Matthews went to Fresno. Or Fresno. That's sorry, my bad. We're tied with UC for third. Yeah. Um, UC will pass both of these schools in the next two years, though, because yeah. I don't think Boise or San Diego State. I mean, they might have a guy or two, but like UC is going to have three, maybe five this year, and they're going to have, you know. Five, maybe eight next five, year. I mean, I think they'll have more than five, maybe eight. I mean, they'll have maybe eight, maybe, you know, eight, maybe ten if we really break it down once we get to that point. But, yeah. I, All right. No, I want to I hear your, your, your five may, or eight, maybe ten. So, Sauce, Majay, Dez. Dez. Wiley. Wiley. Kobe. Kobe. Uh, let's see. I think Cook could get a look at safety. Potentially, I yeah. I mean, I just he's got to. I got to see him for a whole year. Yeah, but um, I mean, go back. Just go back to what he did against Georgia. He looked right. like one of the two or three best players on the defense against Georgia. Yeah, Arquan. If he left, I mean, if he had a good year, he didn't leave. He wanted to leave early. He could. He could. I could see him getting drafted. Uh, what? What? Beavers. Beavers. Big Juan. Big Juan. So. Some of those could be two years out. Some could, but if they had really good years, they have draft eligibility. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ford. Yeah, Ford. I could see Ford blowing up, running a, you know, a, a four, three, nine, 40, and testing off the charts because he has that kind of freak athleticism. Right. Yeah. I mean, like uh, I said. Lenny, maybe. 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 I don't see. I mean, that's like 10 guys. Right there. Yeah. That's nine. <laughs> it's nine. And some of those uh, might be, some of those might be reaches right now, but I mean. Right. You got a surefire group. And then even if you took half of that other 50 50 group, and if they had really good years and you're looking at seven or eight, right? So I said five to eight. Thanks for agreeing with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a couple recruiting uh, tidbits to add to the end of the podcast. I know people like when we have those. 
I'll start with uh, Gavin Wimsat. Um, it sounds like the, the Rutgers hype train has slowed a little bit. I think uh, the, the sense that I'm getting is there was a belief that was supposed to be done by now. And sometimes these things have an expiration date. Now, it's hard for me to imagine Rutgers decides R- just to move on. Rutgers from a is, really- is throwing like hard and fast commit dates at kids. I mean, I know they're having a really good class, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I have a hard time believing they move on, but that does maybe put Cincinnati and Kentucky back in play here, which I, I still think Kentucky's quarterback situation is a little more uh, unstable than Cincinnati's, which would be uh, enticing to a hometown kid. But if Cincinnati's back in play, I'm not ruling out Gino. Are you? No. So what I would say there is I, I, I thought that ship had sailed for a couple of weeks. And while it definitely doesn't seem like uh, the UC ship is pulling into harbor, it's still in the race is where I would go with that one. Sure. Um, which would, you know, they, they like to stack their quarterbacks, mobile, pocket, mobile, pocket, mobile. So you have Prater mobile, Lichtenberg pocket. They l- prefer a mobile guy if they can find the right one in this class. Although you're a big fan of the other guy. Dude can sling it. If they want him, they better get on him quick. Richard, Richard, Richard. Because when this stuff opens back up. Well, I've heard some <laughs> rumbling. He's going to be at an elite elite 11 camp uh, here in the next month or so. I mean, his coach is Trent Dilfer. So, you know, he's going to be promoting the kid. And he's, he's going to be. He's not going to go unseen again because of COVID. And they right. play in the, in, the, in the small private school division. Like. In Tennessee, there's two private school divisions. They don't play it like Ohio does, where Moeller plays Coleraine. Like right. They have the public, the private, and then they have the small private. And they're in the small private, and they throw it 60 times a game. What's his first name? I forget uh, off the top of my head. Luther? Something. Luke. 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 Luke Richard. 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 Luke Richard. Abamute. Ab- Ab- Does he play for <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, Wimsat not dead yet. I, I don't know if I'd use the undercover undertaker uh gif popping up out of the coffin yet, but uh, the coffin's not closed. It, and I thought it might have been, you know, if you'd have asked me this time 10 days ago. Uh, another big one I, I think that you see is, is doing a great job on be JQ Hardaway. Uh, I, I think that one could be getting close to a decision. I think UC has done an awesome job on him. And boy, it sure helps with recruits that are six, three cornerbacks. When you just put on sauce and say, you can do this here. Yeah. It's not going to hurt. That's for sure. And I tell you what, man, Perry Eliano has been outstanding. Like he's blown away my every expectation for taking over for Mike Mickens. 
I was uh, I was joking with him at pro day. We were standing together watching 40s. And I said, you know, boy, when you uh, you you thought you were coming into a good situation when you took this job, you had no idea, did you? He's like, man, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, there's guys and then there's guys behind them and then there's guys behind them. Like I to go back uh, to the, the the spring ball type stuff, I, I think Todd Bumpus is having a great spring. Sammy Anderson's having a really good spring. I think Jaquan Shepard has taken the next step uh, in his development. Like, there's a line of dudes, and Justin Harris is solid. Uh, Malik Rainey, we've talked about quite a bit uh, in the nickel that, you know, looks like behind Arquan Bush and, and Taj Ward, he's kind of got next there. Perry Eliana has done a great job, and it is translating over to the field because I mean if he can land JQ Hardaway and then the next guy Alex Safari who I think I know there was a, a Kentucky crystal ball but uh from what I'm kind of gathering I think this is a, a Cincinnati Indiana battle for Alex Safari and that would be another really nice get for the Bearcats no doubt I mean if you're you got three corners like that well we haven't mentioned the third one yet that one's still a work in progress in the bridges kid uh that we just added oliver bridges yeah um he played apparently they played spring a spring season season and he put out a junior tape that was outstanding so he jumped up the list uh, enough to be added to our our targets list. Uh, I think they're doing a great job with Josh Caddis. I know there's still quite a bit of competition there, but um, I think Caddis is uh, is good friends with uh, another guy from Moeller who might have early enrolled this season in Landon Fickle. So that can't hurt. <laughs> no. Um, and then uh, another one, and this is a kid I, the staff is really high on. I, I from talking to some people, he's rated kind of a, a little bit lower right now. And, and we're talking about Sincere Lewis. He's rated a little bit lower right now, but I've heard some talk that they think he could be uh, maybe even higher on the, 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 the rating chart than where they had Armorion Smith. And I love what I've seen from our Smith. Um, Sincere Lewis, I guess, is a little bit more rangy than Smith. Smith is kind of that in the box, uh, knock you out type safety, where Lewis might have a little bit more range to him. And my understanding is Cincinnati's done a great job on, on Sincere Lewis as well. So um, those are, I, I, I added Caddis in there. Uh, but that's, you know, four guys. Is that four? Wimsat, Hardaway, Lewis, Afari, Caddis. That's five guys that I think UC is doing a, uh, an excellent job on right now. What are you looking at? Uh, sincere Lewis. Seeing who offered and whatnot. Yeah. It's, why wouldn't you want to come here and play defensive back right now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, they've got that train rolling. That's for I mean, sure. It's it's kind of like we you know we knock the league a lot, but it's like 
if you want to be a DB and you want to show how good you are as a DB, come to UC and play the teams that they play. Right. Nobody throws the ball. You're not going to go against more teams that throw the ball. Right. Maybe the Big 12. They chuck it around quite a bit. Yeah, but not in the it's diff yeah it's same but different like but what they're they even have some teams though that aren't really doing it that much anymore so right i'm just saying like that's a that's yeah but i mean where uc is recruiting from too like those yeah those kids aren't really going big 12 they're more big 10 sec acc if you're uh, yeah if you're in big 10 country and you're wanting to be challenged as a db the American is is definitely a much better option for you to showcase your skills against pass heavy offenses. Make that part clear. Just in general. Yeah. It's way better league. All right. You're you're not feeling well, so we're gonna we're gonna cut it off here and let you go to bed. We won't go our what has become customary 90 minutes. Well, I appreciate that. You're yawning. You've been putting it on mute and blowing your nose the whole the whole podcast. I, I hope you feel better, buddy. Me too. I hope you feel I better. Stay up, stay up late again this weekend. <laughs> Speaking of, if you're going to watch the, the Final Four and the, the championship game, catch some baseball, I don't think they need our help right now. The Holy Grail Banks. No, I think people <laughs> are more than happy to be there. The, the Reds are back in town. Uh, it's supposed to be nice. Dora now is uh, available on the banks where you can walk around with your beverages. So uh, head down to the banks, hit up our friends at the Holy Grail. Maybe uh, try to get yourself a, a ticket to the Reds game and make a weekend of it downtown. That's going to wrap it up. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. We will see you next time. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.